The Blockhash Podcast is also brought to you by Viva Digital. Viva Digital has a team of experts that can solve the technological problems of your computer. They can also offer the best advice to carry out those computer projects that you have planned. They are located in beautiful Medellin, Colombia in Monterey Mall. Be sure to follow them on Instagram at vivadigital.com.co and don't miss any promotion. The Blockash Podcast is also brought to you by the Liberland Aid Foundation. The Liberland Aid Foundation is the humanitarian arm of the Free Republic of Liberland, whose philosophies of freedom, volunteerism, and charity communicate to the international community the compassion that Liberland has for the world. The Liberland Aid Foundation is a U.S.-registered 501c3. All donations made are tax-deductible. To learn more, go visit liberlandfoundation.org. All of the awesome audio and beats on the Blockhouse podcast are brought to you by my good friend Tiger at It's Tiger Music. So go check out It's Tiger on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Music. What's up, guys? And we are live again. It is, what day is it? Wednesday, obviously, September 30th, heading into October. So this is going to be a fun fall for crypto with everything going on. So many factors. So let's let's jump into the news that kind of want to talk about today regarding. Um, well, first, let's let's talk a second about the election that happened last night, because this kind of leads into it, too. Um, well, that was awful. <laughs> that was a terrible debate. Nothing really came out of that, to be honest, whether you support Trump or support Biden. Um, I don't think we really gained any ground having that debate. I mean, we all kind of knew that Biden isn't really that great of a candidate and he's kind of a puppet at this point. He really just speaking out of his ass half the time. He's not winning anybody over. He didn't win anybody over last night. And Trump, whether you love the Cheeto head or not, I mean, the reality is People are going to vote for him still. His base is going to vote for him. And unless Biden does something incredible, you know, Trump is probably going to run away with the election very easily and have another four years. So don't be surprised by that. A lot of people get surprised, but that's just the reality. Um, and I think there's a couple more debates. I, I don't really know for sure. I got to look into that. But, you know, in the end, Trump's probably going to win this election. Uh, Biden's just terrible, terrible candidate. Um, but regarding, you know, the election and, you know, the debate last night, what's really going to thrive and do well, if anything, is probably Bitcoin and probably blockchain as a market. Um, and that's one of the first pieces of news that I want to talk about was the CEO for Devere Group, Nigel Green, uh, mentioned that the U.S. election will bolster the price of Bitcoin. And I definitely agree with that because if you look back historically to 2016 and what happened when Trump beat Hillary Clinton, one of the first things that happened other than the stock market rallying was Bitcoin actually rallied um, pretty well for the first time in a long time. And that momentum gave a resurgence into the, the crypto markets, the altcoin markets, you know, really drove money into that space because people were terrified. They didn't know what was going to happen. At the same time, the market was picking up and doing really well from the point that he got elected until the year or two after that. You know, that generated a lot of money. 
a lot of liquidity, um, you know, and that, that was really good for the markets. And, you know, if Trump wins again, something very similar might happen. Um, regardless of whether or not Trump wins, it might be beneficial because if Biden wins, people will be more afraid, will be a little bit more unsure and skeptical about what's going to happen in the market and what kind of decisions him and the Democrats would make that would affect the economy. So that would potentially could be even bigger driver for Bitcoin, but it all depends on your reason for buying it. And everyone has their own reasons. And with all the craziness of 2020, I don't really think it matters who wins. I think the election in general, just being over with will be a catalyst for people to speculate a little bit more. They'll feel more at ease, more comfortable doing so. Um, you know, Nigel Green, he's also a big proponent for Bitcoin. And he was also saying that he believes Bitcoin will replace gold as the ultimate financial safe haven within a generation. And, you know, when people say that, I generally agree, but they always say it'll happen in a decade or in 20 years or it's coming really soon. Gold's out the door. And while I want to agree with you, the reality is it takes a generation for things like this to change, maybe even, maybe even more than a generation, to be honest. Um, you know, so if we're talking about a generational change and we're talking about my kids or my grandkids one day, I personally, I'd still believe in gold and buy gold and hold precious metals and things like that, not just Bitcoin. So I don't think my idea, my ideology is going to change completely to be one dimensional towards, towards crypto, towards Bitcoin as I get older, nor will I want to pass that down to my kids. It'll be a change that they make. Um, the next generation makes. So I don't think Bitcoin is going to be the ultimate financial safe haven within this generation, but after this generation, for sure, probably by the end of the century, guaranteed. But th those things take time. We're moving towards a digital economy, and we have to get to that point first for it to actually you know, become a reality. We have to be able to do everything digitally. We have to stop using cash. We have to stop holding hard resources all the time. We have to make things more pragmatic, things that make more sense. Um, in order for society to be more efficient and to be truly digital. We're just not there yet. We're heading that direction every single day, but we're not, we're not there yet. Um, Nigel's firm has $10 billion roughly under management. So the guy's not an idiot. <laughs> so while you should always take everyone's opinion with a grain of salt and make your own decisions, he's a pretty smart guy. Uh, or else he wouldn't be managing that much money. <laughs> um, you know, he's also touched on a number of things in the past and recently, you know, such as the Singapore exchange SGX um, invoking two new indexes to create a price standard for Bitcoin and Ethereum in Asia. So he's really got his foot in the door. And I believe that Devere Group is one of the biggest um, financial groups in the fintech world with $10 billion under management. So you know, when he says something, he's there's a degree of truth to it, and he's not necessarily wrong. So I thought that was important to bring up, especially with the election um, debate last night and all the things going on. I think it's important to have listen to smart people and what they have to say regarding issues like this. The other piece of news I want to talk about was Ethereum 2.0's failure, kind of failure. So... They, I, so I can't even, 
it's like Spadina. I can't even pronounce it. Spadina, Spadina, whatever. I'm going to call it Spadina. So Ethereum 2.0, they ran a test net with Spadina, um, kind of like a, a pre pre test before, you know, they have the actual test net, a lot of things going on there. The coordinator for Ethereum 2.0, I don't, I don't know his name, to be honest. Um, I could probably find it though. He confirms the failure of the test net with Spadina for Ethereum 2.0. The reasons being there were problems with the configuration, with the client nodes, there were errors, there was low participation, which has been a constant uh, concern for them as newer projects become more attractive and viable. This is the issue that Ethereum 2.0 faces, given the fact that they've waited so damn long to put this out. Now they have competition. Now they have you know other projects that are just as good as them or better that are you know taking away that market share from them. And, you know, with the issues that they have, which they can clean up, it's not like Ethereum 2.0 is dead. It's just, you know, it had a failure with the testnet. You know, when Shelly testnet comes out for Cardano, there's really no major failures and bugs. They do get it cleaned up and then boom, it's successful six months later. Ethereum 2.0 has been pushing this for a while. They come out with the testnet and they fail right off the bat. You got to wonder, like, what what's going on behind the scenes? How much work is actually being put into it? How much... Um, are people actually coming to consensus on, on ideas and upgrades and like what the hell is really going on with Ethereum? Because it is worrying. Like if you do believe in Ethereum and you are on that train, you want them to succeed and do well, you hold investments with them, you build on that ecosystem. Where are they going? Like what's the future? Like if Ethereum 2.0 is not getting off the ground, when is it getting off the ground? Will it ever get off the ground? I think that's the thing we worry about the most, especially if you're an investor or you're a developer, one of the two. You're, when you're putting money into the system or your time and effort to build something and something like this fails right off the bat and it's been pushed back, back fucking forever, it starts to get really annoying. So I'm not surprised there's a low participation rate. And having that low participation rate is really going to hurt them as a project if they try to transition and they not just they just don't have the support to make it work. So it's it's something to keep in mind as they continue to fix these bugs and get closer and closer to the actual test net and then the actual main net at some point. Because the reality is, if they can't get this done soon, they're going to get beat and they're going to you know, drop significantly in, in market share. Um, their market cap will drop significantly. They won't be the number two project, uh, project in the world. The only reason they are is because everyone's relegated to learning solidity. That's going to change really soon. And a um, good reason for that, and well, I want to bring up Cardano again. I know I've brought up Cardano a billion times, but it's also the third piece of news. Cardano just a couple of days ago celebrated their third birthday or its third birthday, the third anniversary. Third year since conception, being born, whatever you want to call it. The thing is, in just the last year alone for Cardano, transactions have grown by a magnitude of seven or higher. There are 1,200 registered stake pools and the Shelly mainnet is out. Liquidity is 
prevalent on 30 plus exchanges for Cardano. Half a billion dollars in trade volume on average is happening every single day on Cardano. More than half of all ADA, according to Charles, is delegated or will be delegated, which is a big fucking deal. And so in the words of Charles and what he had to say, because um, he did a video, we will have thousands of decentralized applications, hundreds of tokens, a voting system, identity solution, all next year. Everything Ethereum ecosystem has and has done and has built, but Cardano will be better. That is the punchline. That is the, that is the point. Cardano, like many projects, are getting to the point where they can do and replicate everything Ethereum is doing and has done, and they can do better, more secure, and at scale, which is important. It, when that happens, if Ethereum 2.0 is not out and Ethereum 2.0 does not live to expectations, live up to expectations, it will drop in the market. It's something to be really careful about if you're an investor, really careful about if you're a developer, um, you know, even if you're a user, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can lose out by sitting there and hoping that it just improves. Like if they don't improve, you know, it becomes a liability to own Ethereum, to be on Ethereum's ecosystem. So, you know, unless Vitalik is a very smart guy, you know, they can turn it around and fix things relatively soon and make themselves competitive. They're going to be in a really tight spot starting probably next summer of 2021. So with, with that, with those three pieces of news, I think that gives you a good idea of where the market's at. In a nutshell, one, again, the DeVere Group CEO, Nigel Green, coming out and saying that Bitcoin will do very well regarding what happens with the election and the price will be bolstered. I, I agree with him. And, you know, there's a, very, a lot of long-term positivity for that. It's a very smart guy. So um, you should definitely consider what he has to say. Actually, go just go look up what he said. I mean, just go Google it. The second piece, you know, being Ethereum 2.0's failure. And the third piece that kind of ties into that, Cardano. Not just Cardano, but other projects as well. Um, I'm not going to continue spinning projects right now. But you get the point. If Ethereum 2.0 fails, if they cannot get to where they want to be, it will become a stagnant, consistent problem. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be very exciting, and the competition is going to get heated and fierce as we head into 2021. So with that, I hope you enjoyed the live video. Again, I'm working on getting some more guests on. Everyone's very busy these days, so... You might just have to put up with some rants every once in a while, but hope you guys enjoyed it. If you have any comments or suggestions or anything you'd like me to elaborate more on, anything you'd like me to talk about more, let me know. Uh, send me an email, send me, submit a form, uh, you know, write a comment below, and talk to you guys later. See you next time.